Hello and welcome to a very special edition of At The Flicks. We are here with dedicated film and theatre reviewer, Kaz. Hi Kaz, welcome to the show. Hi guys, great to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Surviving through lockdown three, I think we're at now, aren't we? Yep. Worst sequel ever. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you're watching plenty of films keep you going? Yeah, I've caught up with so many good films over the past year, so I suppose that's one plus of the cinemas being closed, as much as I'm missing it. Are you a uh, Cine World card holder as well? Yeah, sure I am. I even went to um, Odeon, October time, before they closed as well with the half-price ticket, so I think I got a see Brief Encounter for like £2.50. Yeah, my nearest cinema is a View, but yeah, I have a Cine World card and have to travel to Cheltenham for it, although I did use View in October. Unfortunately, I sat through St Maud, but less than said on that, the better. I missed that one. As I say, Kaz is a dedicated film and theatre reviewer, and her excellent review website can be found on letsgotothemovies.co.uk and is definitely well worth checking out. Kaz is also a member of the OAFFC. Could you please tell our listeners what that stands for, Kaz, and what are the aims of that organisation? Yeah, so the OAFFC, FFC stands for the Online Association of Female Film Critics. That's how I actually get some screeners. So they send us um, some of the awards films. So I have managed to catch a couple of them this year, which haven't been released yet in the UK. Basically, it's to sort of highlight female voices in film. All the reviews get shared, not sort of weekly. It's just kind of, it's been a bit hard, obviously, the past year with no sort of big cinema releases, but all the reviews get put on there by all the female critics and they're kind of from all over the world as well. So predominantly sort of US and UK, but then other countries as well. So it's great to sort of be involved in that. Do you think the situation on Britain is changing, Cass? I mean, you know, we still got Mark Commode and people like that, male as, you know, the upfront main critics. But do you think that situation is changing? I still don't think there's sort of too many. I think I'll probably only follow a handful on sort of Twitter, sort of female critics. I think they're all part of that organisation as well. That'd be people um, like Ellen O'Hara. Yeah. And and then we struggle. You see, that's the problem. Then we struggle to name another big uh, British female critic, which is disgusting, really. It's shocking. Mm. Yeah. Because obviously I just do this as like a little hobby. Yeah. You know, and like some, some some people are obviously doing it for livelihoods and for their work and everything. So it's it's quite strange, isn't it? Uh yes, and in a way, no. It's in a in a way it's just uh more of the same bloody nonsense. Yeah. Okay. It's some it's something that I'm probably used to because I work in football. I'm I'm used you're just used to the whole like male male female balance being more male. So yeah. I think for me I just kind of think, Oh yeah, okay. But that's changing, though, as well, isn't it? I mean, you, you look at the success of the English um, ladies' team, you know, it, and it, it's far better than the male one, surely. <laughs> Just need more money pumped into it and it'd, uh, it'd be a bit better. But, no, it's, impro- it's improved a lot. I mean, I've coached for, I think it's like 15 years now and been working full-time in football for nearly 10 years. And have you seen a lot of changes in that time? Yeah, big changes. If you go on courses, though, it's still very much only like one or two females as you get sort of higher up. Now, Kaz has kindly joined us tonight to talk about an article she's written about her 50 favourite films. Now, I don't know about you, but I love reading articles about people's favourite movies. I mean, checking down any list, I'm saying to myself, wow, some of mine are in there. And it gives you that odd moment of connection. In fact, Kaz's list is so impressive 
just had to talk to her about it. Before we do that, quick question then. How long have you been compiling reviews on your website, Cass? Just past the 12-year mark. So it was I started in February 2009, and I'm, I'm very close to hitting 1,750 film reviews. Holy cow. Well, I feel a real lightweight now. Yeah. <laughs> Getting to sit down and watch a film these days is a, is, is a real privilege. But bloody hell, that's um, – and with a full-time job, and we, we haven't even got that excuse. We're all retired. <laughs> Come on, lads, pull ourselves together. Let's. Do you still get as much fun out of it as when you started? Yeah, I think I do. That's how I've sort of like kept going with it. Um, and I kind of set myself a challenge, especially when the cinemas were open, that I would either write it that night when I got back, depending on the time it finished, or get it up the next morning. So before work, type it up, and then sort of get out. Because I found that if you leave it for a few days, you're less likely to review the film. You kind of need to get it started straight away. Yeah. Mm. If I see something, if I don't make notes, then I really struggle with it after. So in your article, you say you had 72 films and you had to work it down to 50. Any regrets about what you left off? I had one like straight away because I'd started the list a while ago and I'd sort of typed it up and I thought, oh, I'm not going to publish it yet. And as soon as I sort of typed everything in, got all the, the sort of pictures in, I realised that I, Back to the Future didn't make the cut. And I was like, How, how's Back to the Future not made the cut? And I was I was quite disappointed, but then I was like, but what do I take out to put that in? And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just have to leave it. And then I felt really bad for Back to the Future. <laughs> That's shameful, that is. That's just shameful. <laughs> is that just part one? Yeah, just the first one, yeah. I do like yeah. the second as well. I'm not a big fan of the third. No, no, I'm with you on that one. We're going to be talking westerns later, but yeah, your fifty are numbered one to fifty. Are they randomly put together, or are they in an order? The first ten, and then maybe the twenty are kind of sort of more set in that order, whereas like the rest are sort of a bit all over the place, interchangeable. But then I think a lot of it you can change because you might be having a bad day and you think oh I like this film better than that film something I had been thinking about when I did this as well like I always used to say that Million Dollar Baby is my all-time favorite film I would always that that would be it but then I kind of think now my top three so Million Dollar Baby the Lord of the Rings trilogy yes I am cheating with all three of them (laughs) together but it was my list so I was like I can do what I want with that I was like that's fine and then when Harry Met Sally I kind of feel that they're kind of all my favorite films all three of them now because obviously Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been doing that without those films. Because that started my sort of passion and love for film, the Lord of the Rings and watching all of the behind the scenes of them filming it on the extended DVDs. And yes, I have watched all of them through with the cast commentary as well. Just to put that out there. One that has a, a real meaning for me, because it really, again, you know, some of these... I will look at what the the main plot is, but then try and stay away from the film till after I've seen it. So you can imagine what I'm like with trailers. But one for me was remembering the Titans. And I didn't really know, you know, I knew it was a sports film. I didn't know much more than that. At that time I was reviewing films, so I got to see it before it came out. So again, there was no advanced material on it. And I sat there and was just, blown away by that film it's one of the most uplifting films i think i've ever seen what is it about that film that you love Cass? 
Uh, I think sort of just everything about it. Like Denzel Washington's performance is like just unbelievable. Obviously, with working in sport, the way that sport brings people together in the film, and even with accident that happens in the film, don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't seen the accident that happens in the film. I think even after that, it shows that that mentality of being a winner sort of helped within that as well. So obviously that little sort of twist in there, that's something that you can take into life and realise like that being part of a team means something else because they obviously merged them all together. And I know it's obviously based on a true story. We don't let these people know who's going to win state, right? Right. 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 Greek mythology, the Titans were greater even than the gods. We're going to change the way we run. They rule their universe with absolute power. We're going to change the way we block. Well, that football field out there tonight, that's our universe. We're going to change the way we win. We don't let anything, nothing, come between us. We are team. I know Disney would have made it sort of a bit nicer and, and things like that, but I think they do sports films really well. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. it's that added pressure in that film is if you lose one game, you're gone. And I think that must be, again, even more of a difficult situation to be put under. I mean, the setup's excellent, isn't it? And the whole mm. the whole start of the film, building them up yeah. and such like. I love that film. The music and the dance as well, isn't it? Like That, that yeah. was the moment when you knew that they'd sort of become a team and they would, they would sort yeah. of do everything for each other. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's Denzel as well, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, what could go wrong? And it's interesting there to to bring this in is that in your coaching, do you use films to to inspire some of the people that you're coaching? I haven't really, but I've kind of used them for sort of my sort of coaching because obviously a lot of it places more emphasis on like the coaches. I did actually watch one the other day, the winning season with Sam Rockwell. I haven't seen that. Is it good? Loads of people probably won't think so, but I really loved it because it's a girls' basketball team. So Emma Roberts and um, Rooney Mara are in it as well. Obviously okay. quite young. Ah. And I think it showed the difference between coaching girls and boys because of their, their sort of reaction. I thought they did that really well. But then I don't know how everybody else will feel about that film if you haven't been in that environment, if that makes sense. What was it called? Winning? The Winning Season. Winning Season. Okay, right, check that one out. That, how old is that, Cass? Um, I think it was 2005. Okay. I think that's off the top of my head. Oh, that's, yeah, that's just added to my list to watch. Mm-hmm. Your typical American formula for a sports film in a coach going back to the high school that they were originally at and things like that, but it was a, with a girls' team, which was obviously a lot different to say like Coach Carter mm. or the Ben Affleck one, the way back. The- the way back, yeah, yeah, it's also on my list or, or, to watch, or whatever the title change was because that confused us. I think it's the way back here, isn't it? But it had a different name in the US. Okay, hmm. I love it when they do that. <laughs> it's so confusing. Goes all the way back to the Good News Bears and the Mighty Ducks, and there's a whole legacy of these films in there. I'm very excited about the Mighty Ducks series on Disney Plus. Oh, you? I know. I, I think yeah. I'd just be happy with the film. I think that's, that's <laughs> that one. <laughs> you can have too much, I think. I did rewatch them all when <laughs> Disney Plus launched last year. 
they'll be adjusting the soundtracks on the first two Mighty Ducks because it has Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2 in it. Oh, it does, doesn't it? God damn it. God damn it. That's fine because they put it in Joker, didn't they? I mean, that's one of the things with Joker that I like. He knew exactly what he was doing with that in Joker. (laughs) You know, it was one of those, I, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) because that scene was so good and it worked like you were kind of like is it is it not like you had a phrase actually jeff which you i thought was brilliant at the time when we watched it it was the one of the most subversive sequences in cinema yeah of its year and it's deliberately done like that and it was just jaw-dropping i I thought that was amazing socially irresponsible artistically brilliant you think this is a happy scene but underneath there's this deep deep darkness and it, it portrayed through music and i yeah it was brilliant yeah so i want to stick with sports films for a minute and just ask you don't have any sports documentaries in there are there any sports documentaries that you like i've watched quite a few running ones in sort of the past couple of years because i do marathons so i've the Barkley Marathons is a mm. very interesting one to watch. Um, it's probably the craziest race in the world. Is that the one in the woods where they're running through the woods and at night? Yeah, that's and... the one. Yeah. Oh God, that was that was exhausting. Absolutely. Wait exhausting. a minute. They run through a woods at oh. night. That would be surrounded by trees. Then yes. Wh- where's that set? It's in somewhere in North America. Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah, so, so it's like the most ridiculous ultra marathon. Uh, they only have a few people allowed to do it each year. It doesn't actually cost you very much to do, but you've got to take a registration plate from the country, and then it'll be like a random thing you have to bring. So they've had like ties, shirts, trousers, just like random things. But <laughs> the it's it's quite weird actually because the obviously most runs that you do, yeah, you know the route. Whereas this one, you've got to navigate yourself. But once you've done one lap. If you go clockwise the first time, you go anti-clockwise the next time. So you can't oh, remember which way you went. And then you've got to rip pages out of a book that matches your uh, race number to prove that you've been to the different spots. Jesus. Oh, it's 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 a really, really good film. And it's, a again, it's, it's a northern girl that's in it, isn't it? She's from the north of England somewhere. And, yeah, she's oh, she is hardcore. But even she finds it too much because it doesn't it start snowing or something while she's doing it. It's been a while since I saw this, um, and I think it starts snowing. And she's in the middle of the woods at night with a lamp on her head, and it's snowing. Right, that would be the point at which I would just lie down and start crying. But she just powers <laughs> on through, and I'm thinking, wow, she's made of tough stuff. Yeah, it's brilliant film, brilliant film. Oh yeah, um, actually, I really enjoyed the. Um the Michael Jordan, I watched that. That was, was interesting, late. wasn't it? What, what's and all? <laughs> yes. Nobody came out of that very well. I thought that was very good. I mean, for me, he just came over as 150% focused on yes. what he wanted to do. There was, there was no sort of anything else that distracted him. When he was training and when he was playing, he was just... His, his head was totally in the game and, and nowhere else. It was he just, was incredible, yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know why people were surprised. Like, people seemed to be surprised that he wasn't sort of – obviously, he is nice, but, like, wasn't nice on the court or in training. But you're not going to be the best 
if you're just too nice all the time, you know, like you've you've got to have like that obviously set. Because some people seem to be complaining about that, didn't they? Oh, well, he was in sight. Well, yeah, but he was the best. <laughs> but he was totally focused. And that's what I loved. It was just how do you get that level of focus and stay in that level of focus, sort of in the flow for that length of time, all the time? You know, you, and you do that, you repeat and repeat and repeat. It was just a stunning piece of documentary i just loved that yeah some of the stuff he did was incredible i mean yeah. they'll, they'll do a tiger woods one soon but that'll be yes. a lot more the more of an action film <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and thanks to all of you because you keep adding films to my to watch list now it's just brilliant right moving on then there are a few films on this list i haven't seen and they include star is born 1954 now to me, that's one of my unlucky films. There are certain films in life, every time I try and watch them, something goes wrong. So I now try and avoid them and avoid the bad luck that goes with it. And this is just about TVs conk out of me as it starts, about phone calls to, to get to different places. I'm meant to be back to watch it. Never, I've never seen it. I'm too frightened to buy the DVD because it'll end up like the monkey's paw. <laughs> so, uh, and then you've got a film I've never even heard of. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris and the wrestler, which you Neil haven't. said he could only watch the once. Now, yeah. what would you say, Cass, to me to, to get me to encourage to watch them? And obviously I'd love to see a star is born, but I've <laughs> just told you that anything that happens to it, but, Let's step down a bit then. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. What is that? Right, that, so... Your story was wonderful, by the way, but with that. I read the little story that you'd got. Right. So don't worry, Graham. When I say Kaz to answer it, you just go for it, right? <laughs> you just talk over it. You just pile in, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only yeah. a guess. Okay. Oh, no, that's I'm fine That's fine because it means that he's read it. So that's all right. Yeah. Don't mind that. <laughs> Excuse me a second, Kaz. See, uh, guys, right? Thank you. Back to you, Cass. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, I, I do have a, a little bit of a story behind it. It's um, it's actually just a sort of made-for-TV film, which I watched probably not long after it had come out, and I watched it with my nana. And years later, I could just remember this film. So it was like a woman saved up, she went to Paris and bought a Dior dress. That is, that is pretty much just the plot of the film. <laughs> but I couldn't remember who was in it because obviously I'd seen it at a young age somehow i don't know i don't know if it was just when like google searches became better so typing in like woman goes to paris to buy and it eventually came up and i found it and it was actually angela lansbury who's in who's oh, mrs harris so it's kind of like one of those sentimental films right. where it then sort of reminds us of me nana because i watched it with her but it's actually also got omar sharif in it okay. so okay. it's a proper like it's like a really nice film so you know like how you'd say like a mm. sunday afternoon film that's yeah. how I would kind of sum it up. But obviously, you've got Lavanger Lansbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't deny that. Does, now, sort of, um, you know, obviously of a different age, does going back to it cause you problems? Do, do no, you see all the faults in it or not? No, I still just really, I still just really like watching it. I think it is just a night. It's just a nice film. Excellent. I don't. I don't know how people would feel just watching it for the first time now, but I think it's actually quite hard to get because I, I managed to get it on DVD, but I don't think it's actually available anymore. So it was one of those where I just seemed to like find it and get it at the right time. And how yeah. did you come across this, Graham? I read her blog. Okay, what about the wrestler? No, Neil has said he would never watch it again. 
I, that's that, not because I didn't like it. It's because I found it so depressing. It's a tough watch. I can understand that. I remember going to see it as well, like at the cinema for like the first time. And I have got another bit of a weird sort of backstory with this one that when I was sort of 15, I actually used to go wrestling, like the WWE wrestling, used to like train in that. So little bits of it, the training side and them showing you sort of raw. I thought that was done in a really good way. But I, st- I still firmly stand by that Mickey Rourke was robbed of an Oscar because I thought he was just unbelievable. Yeah. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. The only one who's going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. Yeah, it's Mickey Rourke and he's just so good. You really feel for him, don't you? He's stuck yeah. in this circle. Everything he does just makes it worse, and he's, it's desperate. Yeah. But, even yeah. even when you know you know he's going to mess up again, you know mm-hmm. he is. And yeah, you, and you're like you're like kind of like shouting it, like don't do it. <laughs> scream! Yeah, I watched it. it. Yeah. You're like no, and you're just like oh, you know he's going to do it. Don't oh. do it. Oh yeah, and then they say, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? No. <laughs> no. And, and then the ending kind of just leaves it for you to decide, doesn't it? As yeah, well, so it was... that was the worst bit, I think, because yeah. what I assumed was the worst. Yeah, you guys need to watch it. Absolutely fantastic. And, and then it's straight into Springsteen singing as well, isn't it? Mm. God, yeah. Springsteen song. Yeah. yeah, it just gets worse and worse, doesn't it? Oh, I like Springsteen. <laughs> oi, Sorry, oi, I didn't oi. mean that. I didn't mean that. I like Springsteen. I've I've seen Springsteen twice I I saw him once He was at Wembley He was on for about four hours Absolutely incredible Okay then If I ever get a chance to see both of those I will As I said, Star is Born I'll probably put it on. The house will fall down around me. <laughs> well, just just a little bit of a warning, though. If you do watch it, the the way that the film's formatted, it hits a point where um, it's just a picture on the screen and they're talking over the top of it because the film got destroyed. Right. Okay. So you'll have to remember right. that that's not you. That that's just like the there's only there's no like <laughs> the way that the film's formatted now. Some of it sort of got lost, but I okay. do think it's the best version of it. Did you see Judy last year? Oh, yeah, I did. That was very hard-hitting. So I love your number 33, The Prestige. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and anybody listening to this who hasn't seen The Prestige, I would seriously recommend you leaping forward five minutes or alternatively stop and go and watch The Prestige and come back because we are going to talk about the end. We did a show recently where we spoke about the magic trick involved in the film. And I'm curious now is what do you make of the ending of the film? Just like the biggest sacrifice you could probably make isn't it to be the best probably unthinkable not many people would be able to do that would they so here's the conclusion okay i was doing some reading on this and and then just chatting it through and i'm thinking the whole film is about magic and when you walk away from the film you think right the magic trick is you got the two brothers and they perform what you think is a magic trick but it's actually quite straightforward and quite dull when you know what it is but the real magic trick is when Hugh Jackman makes copies of himself appear. And that trick is simply a trick. It never happens, but yet you believe it does. So you are suckered in to believe in there's a real magic in the film when there actually isn't. Because there is no cloning machine. There is no cloning machine. It's all a bluff. And it most of the cloning machine stuff is told to you in a third person, so you believe that from that individual. 
it's Christopher Nolan pulling a trick on you as the viewer because he gets you to believe in the cloning machine, but cloning machines don't exist. Therefore, it must be a trick. Therefore, the prestige at the end, when he shows you the container full of water and the person inside it, that's not real. And then you have to have a couple of drinks and go. Yeah, a couple of drinks, <laughs> go back and try and piece it together. Because <laughs> you've been you, caught in a magic trick. Yeah. That's, do you know, that's, I've, I've watched that film so many times, I've never really thought about that that part before. The film yeah. is a magic trick. Because yeah. you you accept the cloning machine as part of the film. When they say, what, what if you become the, what, the man in the box? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you think about it, if there's a couple of things as well on, on, on this theory – by the way, if you're coming back into the show five minutes in, I lied another five minutes. Um, <laughs> if, if, you know, he he still wants to know in the end how the other chap did his magic trick with the twins. Well, why do you want to know that if you've done something that's even more astounding? Why would you need to know that? And also, if you could clone, why would you need to clone more than once? You just, between the two of you, could do the trick then. Why would you recreate yourself every night just to kill off another one and have to dump a body somewhere? And, and that's misdirection. Yeah, the whole thing. It's And he tells you at the beginning exactly what he's doing to you. And yeah. it was only when I was going through it again for this show, we're doing a thing on Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it's so clever. Yeah. You've been caught. You believe that magic happens. Yeah, he's given you a solution to something that most people would have worked out anyway, that there was... You know, there were two people there. In fact, Michael Caine tells you halfway through the film, well, he must be doing it. He must have a double. So all of that is thrown away, and you are collared by the real magic trick. It's hmm. great fun. All Christopher Nolan films are really clever and deep. Other than Tenant, which is complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught up with um, Memento. Yeah. yeah, great fun. Sort of in, within the past year. Yeah, and that probably like blew me mind. Like, I was yeah, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I I learned a valuable lesson watching Memento. Never have a few drinks before you sit down to watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to stop it then, and then go back to it when I was sober. But what do you think on this theory on the prestige then, Kaz? I think that's interesting. I think I need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Move it further Even up though, the list. Honestly, I've watched it so many times. Since like the release, I actually do. Even though I love The Dark Knight, I think it could be like my favorite Nolan film, The Prestige. It's a great yes, film, definitely. I mean, he's I, only made one duff film, so you know. Sorry, Kat, you were saying before I rudely interrupted you. <laughs> I do have a have a funny memory actually from seeing The Prestige at the cinema. Went with a couple of my friends, and obviously the end scene with the the gunshot. He like nearly hit the roof in the cinema, so it's like a bit of a standing joke. <laughs> because obviously, you know, it was like dead quiet, and like he properly jumped, and it was just hilarious. <laughs> I did, I, I did like your comments talking about going to the cinema. Your comments about Titanic on the weekend that you were too young to go in and see it. Yeah, I, thinking, I remember, uh, I remember <laughs> hiding behind like a pillow when my mum and her friend went to buy the tickets and got like, in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, used to showing it. My daughter was twelve. She was really pleased. That's the first time I could take her in to see. <laughs> it was twelve. That wasn't Disney. Brilliant. Okay, so also on the list, you've got Rocky, Jumping Jack Flash, and it's complicated. All three of which I really, really enjoy. Of the Rocky, I take it the first Rocky's your favorite. Yeah. 
the only one I'm not that fussed on, to be honest, is five. Just join the club. Not, <laughs> yeah, because obviously you've got like and four, three, two, and one. I'm afraid. <laughs> you don't like them, do you, Neil? No, no, not really, yeah. no. Sorry, let's let our guests speak, shall we? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I do then obviously love four, but it's more like the, the soundtrack and the, the train and things in there. Yeah. Like, I, I run, I run, can run just to like the Rocky soundtracks. I've actually got a playlist with just the Rocky songs on. I do want to go to Philadelphia to run up the steps like one day. I know everybody will be doing it and it'll be busy and there'll be loads of other people running in your video, but that's one of the um, bucket list goals. Like, Well, if there's any consolation, I went through Philadelphia on a train. I wasn't getting off. Um, <laughs> didn't look the safest. What do you think of the last one, Rocky Balboa? I'll ignore Creed for the moment, but uh, Rocky Balboa. Oh, I absolutely love that as well. That was actually the first one I got to see in the cinema. Well, that's an interesting one. Mm, okay. Just because of obviously release dates and stuff. So that was, I, I obviously, I remember as well in the build up to that watching the previous five in a couple of days to get ready to go to the cinema for it. And I, I actually managed to catch it in, I think it was October time. No, actually I didn't. That's a lie. It was at Cineworld before Cineworld closed. Because I had them on like every night. I couldn't obviously go because I was working late on some of the nights, but I managed to go and see Rocky Balboa again on the big screen. And then my mum actually bought us, you know, obviously the big quote about um about the world being a nasty place and sunshine and rainbow. She actually bought us like a lovely print. So I've got that on my wall. Oh, <laughs> from that one. Nice. Nice. I, I tell you what, though, I, I will admit that Creed, I pretty much cried all the way through Creed because I kept thinking they were going to kill him off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's interesting you say that because when they were writing Rocky 3, so I saw all of them in, in the cinema, and the bizarre thing with watching them in the cinema, one to four, is that when the fights were going, people were cheering and clapping in cinemas. I, I've never seen that other than the first four Rocky films. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Ron, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough? This jump will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. I remember reading that when three was going to come out, they were looking to see how they were going to take the plot. And one of them was to have Talia Shia die of cancer. And I'm thinking, look, I've gone through two of these. I don't want to, you know, two of these films. I don't want to go through that in the third one. And they changed it. But, of course, then they brought all that back in for Rocky Balboa. But, thankfully, it happened off screen. That probably would have been worse if they did it on screen. Because I think even when he was going to sit at the grave all the time was sort of bad enough, wasn't it? Yeah. I think Rocky's possibly, like, me, like one of my all-time favourite characters. Just because Stallone, mm. just, like, he's just so nice <laughs> as that yes. character. Like, it's just... You're just like, oh. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and certainly in the first film. It's, you know, he's quite a tragic character. Well, in the first two films, I would say. He changes after that, but in a good way. But but I think, yeah, and, and you know, watching that romance and, you know, this guy working with the mafia, you could see where his life was going, but for a quirk of fate. And as a trainer, do you relate to his work ethic? in the films, you know, that that sort of just get up and do it again and, you know, don't accept falling over, you know, just keep getting up. Do, do, does, that, does that ring true to you as somebody in, the, in that profession? I don't think it's a sort of trait that everyone has. Like, everyone obviously deals with the knock 
knockdowns different but it's just like building that sort of mental toughness and sort of never giving up there probably are quite good films to highlight that really I mean not that everyone wants to get punched in the face and not sort of defend themselves but you know like that sort of keep going ethic yeah. I think is is a good thing I also draw the line at having that many raw eggs and drinking that down in one yeah I wouldn't fancy try, I wouldn't fancy trying that like no. summing up I'd, Rocky I'd... in one go it's all that raw eggs <laughs> yeah have you seen the film um, uh, the one about the rock climber what do we got free solo oh, I think I only started watching that once but I was looking that's on Disney plus so I was thinking about watching that again that's about a different level of a mental attention and, and, and focus again. Many, many years back ago, back in the 15th century, I used to um, be very keen on rock climbing uh, and mountaineering as well. And I've never seen anything like this kid. He's like the Jimi Hendrix of rock climbing. It's just unbelievable what he does and uh, just has to be seen to be believed. And even though I like heights and I don't have any problem with them, some of those shots, I was scared stiff. <laughs> Do you think of those cameramen having to stay in that position? I know. Well, they were all right. They were all locked. They, uh, they, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just hang around here for, oh, three yeah. hours. <laughs> they were roped up from the top as well, so they were fine. But the film is just incredible, absolutely incredible. I'll definitely have to give that uh, another watch. So, Jumping Jack Flash, uh, I used to love that movie until I learned that it was written originally for Shelley Long. I would have been really curious to have seen what it would have been like with Shelley Long in, because this would have been at the height of her Cheers fame as well. Yeah, because uh, Whoopi Goldberg's just great in it, isn't she? Like, is she? Well, yeah. I just didn't know where that story was going. When I first sat and watched it, I had no idea where this thing was going to end up. I always remember like the scenes where she was going down the docks was just creepy as well. <laughs> yes. And even whenever you watch it, I'm like, yeah, that is a bit creepy, actually. <laughs> Again, I'm glad to see it's complicated on there because uh, it's so funny. Baldwin is brilliant in it. Oh, that totally started an obsession with Alec Baldwin for us. <laughs> I just totally loved him in it because I, I think up until sort of that point, I don't, I don't really think I'd seen many of his films. Obviously, I've kind of watched a few more now, but I just thought he was absolutely great with Meryl Streep in it. And then like Steve Martin playing more of the straight character was yes, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. It was good as well. That's good, and Hans Zimmer's music score is really good. Which leads us nicely into the next question, which is, you know, there are many uh, musicals and films in your list uh, and films that use music front and centre, um, Jojo Rabbit, Rocky, and Some Like It Hot. Do you have a favourite film composer? I don't think I actually have, like, a sort of all-time favourite one because you kind of think, like, oh, like this score from this film, so... I'll use the example, um, Eno Morricone. It was kind of, um, my brother had obviously listened to a lot and said, like, listen to some of his stuff, and I did. And it was kind of, I watched a few of his films as well, quite close together. And then I heard Cinema Parody Saw and the, the love song from that. And then I, I bought Cinema Parody Saw, which I absolutely loved. I've sort of listened to a lot of his. But then obviously John Williams is quite an obvious choice, isn't he? But he's got so many iconic pieces. And yeah. I just rewatched Jurassic Park the other day as well, and I just think that's all just perfect.
alongside musicals, um, there's an awful lot of Clint Eastwood in your list, um, Whoopi Goldberg movies, and generally a number of films with strong female roles. Is, is that a fair observation? Do you like those sort of films? It's not something that I that obviously realised as I was putting the list together, but I suppose the strong female roles, being female, I just kind of relate to the characters more, don't I really? Until sort of like you've mentioned that, I never really thought too much into it, but I quite like that. I like that there's a lot of female roles on there. Clint Eastwood, especially when he's in them and directs them, just makes us cry. So obviously Million Dollar Baby and then The Bridges of Madison County, which is just, just breaks us every time I watch it. And then Whoopi Goldberg, like I think majority of her films, you just enjoy. It makes you laugh. It makes you smile. I saw her on stage as well in London a couple of years ago when she was doing a stand-up. Oh, right. Why? What was that like? Oh, that was, it was really good. It was one of those where I was like, I can't believe I'm sitting watching Whoopi Goldberg on that stage there. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because of obviously the sister act and then like Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yeah. And I just kind of watched them in childhood. and Both the sister acts in your list, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I cheated a little bit with that one as well, but I think the the second one's sort of like just as good, if not better in some ways than the first, but then the first is so good. I will have a little bit of a confession with that. So Harvey Cattell, that was the that's what I still think of him in, even though I, I have caught up with obviously a lot of his uh, back catalogue, but that was the first film I'd seen him in, and then I didn't realise the sort of irony of him playing that role. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Do you see a lot of stand-up, Cass? Not a massive amount, no. It was just the chance to see Whoopi Goldberg and like I took my mum. It was like a Christmas present that year. I have seen Lee Evans in the past. I don't read anymore. I have people read to me, so I'm listening to his autobiography and it is so funny. Grew up sort of um, in uh, an area of Bristol that wasn't uh, particularly luxurious and and his stories around that are absolutely hilarious. So I would strongly recommend that. Well well worth uh, a read or in my case a listen to. But going back to your list, I notice there's no horror or westerns, not even a Clint Western on there. Are you not a fan of the, of those genres? I have to admit, I'm not a big horror fan. I'm not entirely sure why. I don't really have like a big reason behind it, but it is something that I have I have sort of got a little bit better at in the past sort of few years in terms of when they released at the cinema, especially some of them where I didn't even realise it was sort of a horror. So like Get Out. Okay. I obviously went to see yeah. it, and then I kind of found out after, like, oh, that's, like, classed as a horror. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. So I think some of now the kind of horror and kind of merge a little bit with thrillers, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, that, I always say that, as... Cass. I always say that to these two. Yeah, but you're just lying. <laughs> and we just ignore you. <laughs> They're out and out, 100% horrors. And he's going, it's no, so no. it's As a, I said to Graham, that, as I said musical. to Neil that time, Hills Have Eyes Part 2 was a thriller. The fact that you then had to sleep with the light on after it was not my fault. <laughs> there was something in that movie. I don't know what it was, but it scared the living daylights out of me. Never again. We're doing a series of called uh, Visions of King about Stephen King, so I'm having to watch. I'm not a big fan of horror either. We're having to watch all these Stephen King horror films at the minute, so it's a bit challenging. Yeah, I think the ones I don't like the most are if they're in a house. Because yes. then I find that it's harder to then go to sleep because then you think, oh, have I just heard something? Whereas I think if it's as long as it's not in a house, I can kind of sort of get away with that a little bit more. Exactly that. It was um, it was being attacked when you're not really, you know, it's a 
it's a normal situation and then you're being attacked. Yes, I got the same sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. So I'd be happy with a horror film set on the prairies. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I can actually. Uh, there, there is that one, which is also a Western as well with Kurt Russell. Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, great film. I guarantee you'll never, ever forget certain scenes in it. Have you is seen that? that, Kaz? No, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah. Never watch it when, you, never when, when you're eating. Jeff came out saying he's never going to see it again. Uh, uh, there was one bit that I thought, I just can't believe they did that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That scene. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Paranormal activity's not on your list then, Kaz. No. Set in the house. <laughs> Set in the, Set house, in the house. Exactly. <laughs> the haunting off that list as well, I feel. Yeah. Anything really. So if you were to increase your top fifty to your top sixty, other than Back to the Future, what else would you put in? I actually did dig out because I actually hand wrote it all down first. To sort of okay. like move it across and stuff, so I, I sort of pulled out to see what I'd then put next in the list. Obviously, Back to the Future was on there, and I'd also put an Education, so with um, Carrie Mulligan. That's a good film, oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Birdman. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Closer. We interviewed the editor of that film, actually, or one of the editors on it. Yeah, quite interesting stories. We that show's yet to come out. Don't quite know when. Oh, that's cool. Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Ah, uh, no, yeah. you've done it now. God. What's wrong now? Oh, I hate that film. What? I, 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 I reviewed that film on the BBC, and um, I I didn't think it was great at, at all. Yeah, really? But, yeah, didn't think it was great at all. You know what the concept of that film is, don't you? I do know what the concept is. It yeah. does make it a good film. Of course it does. <sighs> I, will, I will admit, though, that when I remember going to see it at the cinema when it was released, and I remember that I really didn't like it, but I think it was more that I didn't sort of understand it. So then when I've watched it again now, being sort of a lot older, I'm kind of like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Being able to raise someone would probably be quite good. Yeah. Graham, if you didn't do the editing at this point, I'd sack you and put Kaz in your place. Um... <laughs> oh, I'm hanging on by a thread here. Thank you. <laughs> you are, yeah. Even though you do do the editing, you're in a, yeah, on a, yeah, on a it, sort of Damocles hanging yeah. over your head. No, nope, I didn't. I, I liked her. I thought she was brilliant. I don't normally like Jim Carrey, but I thought he was really good. It's the concept of if you could go in, once you click on the question, if you could go into a relationship knowing it's going to end in shit, would you go ahead with it? And that's the whole concept of the film. Yeah, okay. But it just didn't work for me. And then you throw Tom Wilkinson in there, don't you? Yeah. I've never seen Be it. Be careful, so. you cast, because Graham's of an age to do the full Monty now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we don't use video. <laughs> uh, so, actually, another Jim Carrey one as well, The Mask, because like, that's oh, just yeah. like, a lot of fun, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Actually, and then I'd put um, Avengers. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because that's uh, what I put. Uh, okay, now it's, going, now it's going downhill. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. I've not I've not seen I've still not seen that. That'd be one of my top 20, I think. Yeah. Neil and I went to see that and then had to have two cups of coffee afterwards because <laughs> there was so much to talk about. Yes. <laughs> have we reached the the 60 there, Kat? Sorry, we keep distracting you. Um, oh, no, I had two more. Okay. Um I, ha- I then had another musical Across the Universe which I've is based on that. the be- with um the yeah. Beatles songs in. Yep. It's quite predictable, but I, I quite like it. I've got the I've got the soundtrack album, which is really nice. And then Rocky Four. Wow, 
Some good stuff. Mm, good stuff. Very good. Moving on to another subject, what films are which are hopefully open in this year are you most looking forward to, Kaz? Um, I'm quite struggling with this because I'm a little bit all over the place to what's now yeah. coming out this year. One of the main, actually the main two, which are both musicals that I was most disappointed about moving were In the Heights and mm. Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Oh, yeah. 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 Not West Side Story then? Do you know what? I haven't actually seen the original. <gasps> I know, shocking. I love musicals and I do have it on DVD and I've never actually watched it. It's well worth it. I love it. it. Out of interest, have you seen Singing in the Rain? Yes, but I only saw that after La La Land came out. Oh, wow, okay. Like, that was when I sort of first watched that. I think I'd actually mm. seen it on stage before I saw the film, but I do, I really do love that. The interesting thing with La La Land, if you go what I don't know if you've seen it, New York, New York? Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, and that is La La Land, essentially. Prepared to be shot down. But <laughs> He's just a bit nicer. Right, yeah. nicer than Robert De Niro. <laughs> now, the, uh, an interesting story for you on that. When that first came out in '77, and I saw that in a huge cinema where there were five of us in, and it just died on its ass. It just didn't work. Um, and then a few years later, I was at a film festival, and it was on in the. It was about the movie brats, so the Scorsese's, um, Lucas Spielberg, uh, Coppola, De Palma, and Milius. And I went to see it again. This time it was a smaller venue, but it was packed and it really worked. Everything that was meant to come through with it, all the humor, the De Niro character actually becomes a bit more sympathetic because you're laughing with him and not at him. And it is very much a film to watch with an audience watching it on its own. You, you do see a lot of things that an audience masks on that. If you get the opportunity, I would definitely recommend doing that. But I also see on your list, you mention in passing all that jazz. Do enjoy that one. Yeah. Yeah, I am right, Kaz. You did mention all that jazz in your list, didn't you? No, did I not mention it under Chicago? Yes. Yeah. I probably would have put Chicago and all that jazz. Because I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I have seen that. That is a good film. I was like, but I don't think, but, but yeah. No, it's one, right. of the, one of those things that I do like with Chicago would have been like the opening song. And like me, one of my favorite songs. So I was Good very song. excited when I was in Chicago. <laughs> I just wanted to play the song everywhere. Yeah, I take you there in the summertime. Here, you? you wouldn't be there. In the, you wouldn't want to be there in the winter, would you? Oh, I went um, October, October twenty nineteen. Yeah, I was there in January once. It was minus twenty centigrade, and the wind coming in off the lakes would cut you in two. When I was there, when I did the marathon. Um, oh, wow. oh, it's really flat. That's an easy marathon. <laughs> the, the, the day before the marathon, I did the five k. Oh, um, and it, and it was. But bearing in mind, our summer and even into like October, the end of September, October, it was quite warm. So mm. I thought, oh, like yeah, Chicago's not going to be that bad. Oh, that morning the five k, it was zero degrees, and by the time the race finished, it was minus two because of like the wind. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's not good. I was like, I need. I then went and bought like um, hat and gloves and stuff to throw away because obviously you've got to wait for quite a while in the starting pens before you get a go. And I was like, I need to buy stuff to throw away at the start line. Tomorrow I'm going to be too cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turned out it would yeah. be like great running conditions, but not when you're standing waiting. No. <laughs> no. 
And I got my medal off Paula Radcliffe at the end, so. Oh, oh. excellent. Because it's like really a night good. event, and she's obviously still like a night night athlete, so got my medal off her and took a selfie. Had to be done. Had to be mm. done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, final question. Could you please tell our listeners where they can go check out your excellent blogs and reviews, please, Cass? Yep, so that's Let's Go to the Movies, and the web address is letsgotothemovies.co.uk. Brilliant. Excellent. Jeff. So, Kaz, it's been a real honour and pleasure talking to you tonight. Thank you very much. Yeah, mm, and I definitely. do hope we can catch up and chat about movies again in the future. Thank you so much. make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast please subscribe to at the flicks at our website at the and if possible please remember to rate and review at the flicks wherever you get your podcasts you can contact the team on twitter or by email our contact details are also on our website at the thanks for listening